Yesterday, we looked at the potential starting 11 on offense, and today we're going to take a look at the potential starting 11 on defense for this edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. Our Locked on Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome back to this edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. My name is Richie Bradshaw, and I will be your guide for everything Arizona State Sun Devils. Thank you guys so much for making us your first listen of the day. Remember, we are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, if you would like to check us out in a visual platform. But wherever you do get those podcasts, make sure that you hit like and subscribe and turn on those notifications so you get an update every time we post new content, which is back to Monday through Friday. If you guys like Arizona State Sun Devils content, make sure you're following me on Twitter at RichieBrads36, as I am not only associated with the Locked on Sun Devils podcast, but I am also posting for all Sun Devils at all Sun Devils on Twitter. You can also find the podcast at LO underscore Sun Devils. Before we get started, this uh, episode of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered this season with more odds, props, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. Let's go ahead and get into today's conversation now. Yesterday, we took a look at the potential starting 11 on the offensive side of the ball. Today, we're looking at the defensive side of the ball. Now, before we dive into everything, I want to preface it with this. There are going to be a lot of different fronts that Arizona State is going to run. There's going to be three down linemen. There's going to be four down linemen. There's going to be two linebackers. There's going to be three linebackers. There's going to be five defensive backs. There's going to be four defensive backs. There's going to be a star linebacker. There's going to be a rush linebacker. There's all sorts of different kind of formations and schemes that are going to be drawn up for Arizona State this year. It is very difficult to pinpoint just a very like base defense for the team. So what I decided to do was I went with a four, two, five lineup. So essentially I have four down linemen, I have two linebackers, and I have five defensive backs, which includes the nickel spot. That will be the order I go in, but obviously there's there's a lot of guys on this roster who are going to get significant playing time. So more so than yesterday with the offense, this is especially prevalent with the defense. There are a lot of guys here who are going to see quite a bit of playing time. It is not going to be narrowed down to just these guys that I have starting. Because some of the guys that I have on the bench, I expect to have massive roles with the team. I just don't know if on paper they end up getting the starts. You know, put that in parentheses, the start. Starts don't mean as much on the defensive side of the ball. Because more often than not, you're rotating guys in consistently. I feel like that's what the Sun Devils are going to do this year. I feel like that's what they have to do. Right, wrong, or indifferent, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing that they're rotating, I think they're going to do a lot of rotating. So looking at the defensive side of the ball, first we're going to look at the defensive line. I don't think there's going to be too many surprises here. Uh, Going with the defensive end first, I have Michael Mattis on one side and I have Trevez Moore on the other side. Now, Michael Mattis is a guy who I was uh, very impressed with last year in a full-time role for him. I think that he's going to really flourish in a in a in a like like the biggest role that he has ever seen in his career. I think he kind of takes on that Tyler Johnson 
role for the team as like the main pass rusher. And I'm not saying that turns into double-digit sacks. In fact, Tyler Johnson only had four sacks a year ago. But I do think that Mattis is going to record a career high in sacks. Uh, He only had a a sack and a half a year ago. He did manage a career-best 28 tackles and five and a half tackles for loss. I feel like he can match those totals and then get the numbers up a little bit in the sack department. I think that this is more than a reasonable... Uh, situation and standard for him to live up to. So Mattis not only is stepping into a full-time role from a production standpoint, but also a veteran standpoint. He is the most tenured guy on this defensive line following the departure of Jermaine Lole. So to me, this defensive line will run through Michael Mattis. I think he is the guy in charge. I think he is the guy that's going to command the respect of the defensive line and be the leader. So this is a very deep group, by the way, this is a very, very deep defensive line group. So this very difficult to narrow it down to just four guys, uh, other defensive end spot across from him. I'm going Trevez more. Every, anyone who knows anything about me in this podcast knows that I am a massive Trevez more fan. He looked so good last year in three games. He had tallied up, Uh, a sack and two and a half tackles for loss in three games. He just, he was such a great edge setter for the team. And he looked like the best pure pass rusher that Arizona state had. He has that ACL injury, but he's back. He says he feels better than ever. He said on the podcast, his expectations are extremely high for himself. He wants to break Terrell Suggs sack record. That has always been one of those NCAA records that just feels unbreakable. 24 sacks in one in one season. That's insane. But Trevez Moore wants it. And the only, the only thing that's going to be stopping him is himself. Because I think that there is a lot of untapped potential and a lot of a lot of tools in his toolbox that he can use to truly become a great edge rusher. Looking at the defensive tackles now, I got Omar Norman Lott in one of the spots and Nesta Jade Silvera in the other spot. Now, Nesta Jade Silvera, I think, is probably your snarting nose tackle right now, kind of replacing DJ Davidson after he had manned that spot for the Sun Devils last year. I I expect it to be a rotation between him and Tatala Pesifi. I think that the two of them are going to get a lot of time at nose tackle. Uh, with Omar Norman Lott, he is, he's a guy I feel most comfortable starting. He was one of the more heavily relied on guys last year. To me, he should slot right back in to the starting lineup. Keep an eye on BJ Green. BJ Green paced the team in sacks a year ago with five. He looked really, really good. The only reason I don't have him as my starter here in parentheses, or not parentheses, uh, quotation marks, is because... I'm going with the more veteran guys ahead of him. But what BJ Green will have working for him is as a six foot three, 260 pound guy, you can get creative with him. You can kick him in to like a shade three tech, but you can also have him rush off the edge. So I expect BJ Green to be a guy that is flexed all over the defensive line and the Sun Devils coaching staff can get very creative with him and they can find ways to use him and get the most production out of him. So while I don't have him starting ahead of Omar Norman Lott, I do 100% expect BJ Green to have an absolutely massive role with the team in 2022. Other guys that we need to look for, uh, Anthony Cooper 
is a very talented linebacker, or not linebacker, defensive lineman who was able to rack up uh, two and a half or three and a half sacks last year. I think it was three and a half. Yes, it, it was uh, three and a half sacks for Anthony Cooper a year ago. Joe Moore is another guy to kind of keep an eye on. Garen Stransbury is a sophomore. Robbie Harrison is a true freshman coming in. There's a lot of really good depth on this defensive line. There's a, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of terrific depth for this defensive line. And I expect it, like I said, I think it's going to end up being the biggest strength of the team. And with that in mind, it's it's almost going to be dependent on them to set the tone for the rest of the defense. You have a secondary that is going to be basically brand new. You do have Merlin Robertson and Kyle Soley returning a linebacker, but beyond them, there's a lot of uncertainty and a lot of unknowns. The defensive line has a lot of continuity, a lot of talent, and a lot of depth. I think the defense is going to be as good as this defensive line is. So if the defensive line isn't able to get it done, then I might be a little bit worried about the direction that we're going to end up being able to go uh, defensively. But I think that they're going to make the life a lot easier for the linebackers because you have big, bulky dudes who can eat up blocks and keep the linebackers' jerseys clean and make plays in the backfield. And I think you have good pass rushers too. So I like this defensive line. I love this defensive line. I think that this is one of the core strengths of the team entirely, not just on defense, but also just in general for the Sun Devils. Let's go ahead and hop into our first break. When we return, we're going to pick up this conversation and take a look at the linebackers. This is the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your sports and events at the number one source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news on every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NHL, NBA, combat sports, eSports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, sports, podcasts, and more. They have everything that you need covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action going on. BetOnline, where the game starts. And as always, thank you guys so much for making us your first listen of the day. Remember that this podcast is free and available on all platforms. Heading back into our conversation. This segment will be a little bit shorter because I only really have two linebackers starting for me for this situation. Because remember I said that you're going to have uh, five defensive backs and four D linemen. So in this situation, I only have two linebackers that are starting. Everyone knows who they are. Kyle Soley and Merlin Robertson. It's not a surprise. Now, Kyle Soley being the guy who was the most productive on the field for the Sun Devils last year. Led the team with 88 tackles, eight of those being for loss, racked up a sack and knocked or uh, notched an interception for himself as well. He is going into his final season of eligibility. This this past season, 2021, was really his first year in a full-time role for the Sun Devils. Prior to that, he had only appeared in 21 games in three years. He had never really been a huge featured part of the defense, but 2021 was a year for him to step up and he absolutely stepped up. He was hyper productive. I feel like there were times where he was a frustrating player, but all in all, he did a really good job being thrust into a position where he needed to excel. 
he played next to Darian Butler and he played next to Merlin Robertson and he played next to Eric Gentry and he still found a way to lead the team in tackles and not just lead them, but like significantly lead them. The second ne- second closest guy was Darian Butler with 68. So he had 20 more tackles than the next guy. He also had the third most tackles for loss on the team behind Butler by a half and Tyler Johnson by a tackle and a half as well. So hyper productive guy. I don't feel like this is going to be too different this year. Merlin Robertson, again, this, this is someone who I anticipate is going to have a huge year for the Sun Devils. He's going to go out with a bang. This is his final year with the team. He's been with us since 2018. He His play has not matched what he put out as a freshman, where he was a freshman All-American. He was an All-Pac-12 player, 77 tackles, eight and a half for loss, five sacks, a couple turnovers. He has not really been able to match that production, but Last year, he was a really good coverage linebacker. He and he he pulled in three interceptions, housed one of them, almost housed the second one before Tyler Algier went Superman on him in the BYU game. But Merlin Robertson is just a, one of the most integral parts of this defense. He is going to be the captain. He's the quarterback of this defense. Where Michael Mattis is the leader of the D line, and you have uh, probably Corey Bethley is the leader in the secondary. Merlin Robertson is the leader of the linebackers but he is also the leader of the entire defense. He, he's been there the longest. He has the most starting experience. He has the most playing experience and most snaps. He has a lot of talent to back it up too. And with all of that comes a lot of play recognition. He's a student of the game. And I think that he's going to be able to set up this defense to really be able to overcome some of the losses that they've had to endure because you lose Eric Gentry, you lose Jermaine Lole to the transfer portal. You lose Darian Butler to the NFL. You lose Tyler Johnson and DJ Davidson to the NFL. You lose basically your whole secondary to the NFL and from a loss of eligibility. The guys just ran out of years to play college ball. Merlin Robertson is still there. He is still the the, the glue that's going to hold everything together. I anticipate a big year for Robertson. I don't know if he's going to match what he did as a freshman. I don't know if he's ever going to get back to that point. If there was a year, this feels like the year for multiple reasons. One, it's his last year. You know that he would love to go out with a bang. If he can find a way to get back to that form, you can start NFL conversations for him. This is a guy who has the ability to get to the next level. I think that there's a lot of potential here for Robertson to truly take that next step forward. And I would love to be able to see him harness that ability. I think that it's there. I believe in him to hopefully reach the level that I believe he can get to. Now, the guys behind them, Connor Soley, he's someone I brought up before. I feel like if you do have three linebackers on the field pretty consistently, that Soley is probably the guy that you're going to be rolling with the most. I like I like Connor Soley. I think there were times where he looked like a very flashy, really good linebacker for you a year ago. I'm looking forward to some more playing time out of him. Uh, you also have, oh my goodness, what's his name? Uh, Caleb McCulo. Uh, I'm very positive I didn't pronounce that right. But uh, you got Caleb as well, redshirt sophomore, and Will Schaefer. 
to pretty much fill out the rest of your depth. Both of those guys being uh, redshirt sophomores and Connor Sully being a redshirt junior. A lot of inexperience because Butler had been there for so long and Robertson and Kyle Sully had been there for so long. This is part of the reason why I only went to linebackers is because the the rest of the guys are unproven. It's not that they're not talented. It's not that I'm doubting them. It's that right now you're rolling out with what you have the most idea of what you're getting. And you don't know what you're getting out of those linebackers right now. So again, it's not a shot at them. It's not saying that they're not talented. I would be, I would not be su- surprised if those other three guys were on the field quite a bit. In fact, Arizona State should get them on the field quite a bit because they're all young and they know that Kyle Soley and Merlin Robertson are going to be gone next year. There's a very real chance that those are your three linebackers plus R.L. Miller, who's coming in as a three-star recruit next year. You're going to want to get these guys on the field as much as possible so you can figure out what you have. Unfortunately, Rodney Gross, who was a transfer who came in during this offseason, has already transferred right back out, or he would probably be my third linebacker in this situation. But that's pretty much where I'm at with linebacker. Let's go ahead and hop into our final break. When we return, we're going to break down the secondary. And boy, is there a lot of competition back there. This is the Locked on Sunnivals podcast. And make sure that you guys are staying in touch with everything going on in the Pac-12 by tuning in to the Locked on Pac-12 podcast hosted by my good friend Spencer McLaughlin. Monday through Friday, giving you everything you need to know about the Pac-12 in 30 minutes or less. Just like the Locked on Sun Levels, it's free and available on all platforms. You guys have no excuses to not check it out and make it your second listen of the day. Secondary. There's a lot. There's a lot, a lot, a lot of competition. Let's look at corner first. For me, I've got three guys because I'm including a nickel. You've got Tamarcus Davis. He is the most tenured guy on this roster. Redshirt senior transfer. You have Keon Markham, who's a redshirt junior for the team as well. And you have Jordan Clark, who will be lined up in your nickel. And I think that Jordan Clark is a very, 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 very good football player. I am incredibly excited to see what Jordan Clark is going to be able to do in a full season. I feel like there was a lot of times where he showed off this ability to be a dominant slot corner for the team. I think Jordan Clark is that guy, pal. I anticipate a big season for Jordan Clark. The rest of the defense, uh, Tamarcus Davis has been there for a little bit. He is definitely their number one corner right now. He's got the typical build. He's six foot tall, about 175 pounds. Could definitely add a little bit if he wanted to add a little bit. But he's big, he's long, he's fast. He definitely fits that role as like your number one outside corner. Uh, Keon Markham's the other guy I have here. I think that Keon, as a redshirt junior, has a good amount of experience under his belt to justify putting him out there. He was playing a decent role for the Sun Devils last year. He did record an interception for himself. And in in a very limited role, because you have to remember that you had Chase Chase Lucas and you had Jack Jones outside a corner for the majority of the time that he's been at Arizona State. In fact, in his... In his two years with the program, he's had to be behind those guys. But when he's gone on the field, I feel like Keon has done a good job. He's another guy. He's big and long. He's six foot one, just about 200 pounds. So you have two big, long, lanky corners on the outside 
You throw in Jordan Clark, 5'10", into the slot. I love what you got in your cornerback room. It's just unproven. Uh, behind them, Ro Torrance transferring in from Auburn. I like him as well. He's a massive dude. He's a six foot three corner, six foot four according to rlands.com. The big, big guy. I would love to see him become our version of Richard Sherman in the sense of a big body, good cover man. I'm not. I'm not saying he needs to get the inter- interception numbers because that would be just so amazing if he could. Uh, Mason Williams also there. Uh, to compete potentially for that nickel spot as well. I like Mason Williams to just be able to find a role in the defense pretty consistently. You got some young guys as well to keep an eye on, like Isaiah Johnson, who is a redshirt freshman for the team, RJ Reagan, a sophomore, Ed Woods, a redshirt sophomore, Tariq Luckett, a junior transfer. And I think that's it. Yeah, because the rest of the guys I'm going to be looking at are going to be at safety. So Again, for corner, Keon Markham, Tamarcus Davis, and Jordan Clark are my starting three. At safety, not a surprise. I have Corey Bethley starting at one of my safety spots, but maybe a little bit of a surprise here. I'm going Kawan Markham at my other safety spot. I'm going with him over Chris Edmonds, and it's not a bad thing at all. I think that Kawan Markham, similar to his brother, has shown off a lot of potential when he has been on the field. He's very versatile, too. He's played corner. He's played safety. He's one of those guys who's just very experienced. He's very comfortable with anywhere that you want to put him up against in the secondary. I like that. I think that's a very, very important aspect of his game. Because of that, I do think that that gives him an edge over Chris Edmonds, at least at the start of the year. Because Edmonds is transferring from Sanford. It is not power five conference play. It also is just going to be an adjustment to get on with a new team. It's, it's not going to be easy. I think Chris Edmonds is very talented. I think he's a big dude. I think he's six foot three. I think that he can ball and he gets turnovers. He had six interceptions last year. There's no denying that he is a ball player. I just think at least at the start of the year, maybe this changes by the end of the year. But at least at the start of the year, I think it's just going to take a little bit more of a learning curve for him to get everything down, where Kawan does have a pretty good grasp on everything. So that's where he gets the edge there for me. But if you told me to flip a coin and whoever it landed on would start, I'd be happy. I like both of them. Corey Bethley, everyone knows I have the biggest crush on him in the whole world. Absolutely adore him to pieces. 99 tackles, five interceptions a year ago. The dude knows ball. I think that he potentially is the second best player on this defense right now behind Merlin Robertson. He's going to get turnovers. He is going to fly around the field. He is everything that you want in the defensive back. He's got a good build to him. He is uh, pulling it up. He's five foot 10, 200 pounds. So he's great for a rangy kind of safety. You can line him up in the slot if you want to. Just find a way to get Corey Bethley on the field. I think that's the most important thing here for me is you just get him on the field and find a way to incorporate him into the defense. Let him play all over. Heck, if you want to do a star, kind of linebacker star position, I wouldn't be mad if you put Corey Bethley near the line of scrimmage and just let him attack the football. This is absolutely a guy who, it's a funny joke, but he's got that dog in him. Corey Bethley is a stud. 
I anticipate him to be one of the best players for the Sun Devils in 2022. Now, for what it's worth, just on the special team side of the ball, because I'm not going to make a separate podcast for this, I, I don't really know how to make predictions with it. The punter is absolutely Eddie Zaplicki. No question about that. Return man is DJ Taylor, unless he just absolutely fumbles the bag very literally. And then you could potentially look at maybe like a Brian Thompson or, oh man, I don't even know who you would throw out there. That's the problem. But you're you're just hoping, Elijah Badger, I guess, with all that speed, you're hoping that DJ Taylor can get back to his freshman form and definitely not do what he did last year or else you're going to be in trouble on special teams. Kicking, I, I mean, we don't know anything about the two guys. Carter Brown's a is a f- true freshman, and Jace Feely is a redshirt freshman. We have absolutely no idea what's going on there. So I, I'm, I'm excited for whoever gets to start. Just don't miss. That's all I ask, because last year was a pretty frustrating season. When it came to kicking field goals, you went 8 of 13 between two kickers last year. But that is going to wrap up this edition of the Locked on Sunnivals podcast. So again, thank you guys so much for making us your first listen every day. As always, remember, we're free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, if you would like to check us out in a visual platform. But wherever you do get those podcasts, make sure that you hit like and subscribe and turn on those notifications so you get an update every time we post new content Monday through Friday. It's the best Arizona State Sun Devils podcast in the whole wide world. If you love Arizona State, and want to stay in touch with everything that's going on, make sure you follow me on Twitter at RichieBrads36. And follow the two places I post my content. Follow the podcast at LO underscore Sun Devils. And follow the All Sun Devils Sports Illustrated page at All Sun Devils. Talk to me about Arizona State sports anytime you want. I am free and available, just like the podcast. But until next time, guys, you keep it locked right here on Locked on Sun Devils.